Man, so so. What's this podcast about again? Hey, bro, why are you always getting ahead of yourself? I don't know. I'm just really. We gotta thank everybody for watching first. Thank everybody for watching. Super concerned. This is for the love, a podcast about community, knowledge, culture, and current events. Damn. Watch as we try not to get canceled. No more canceling. So, like so, so we got guests today. This is crazy, man. I've never, like, you know, uh, usually podcasts, like, slow roll into guests, and you just, like, go full board right into it. But, you know, one test run and then guests. Correct. I like it. But, you know, I think you're bringing the guests here for to tell a little bit about their story, but also to, like, to just run some some current events by them and see some, you know, see where we where we go. Correct. To see what they're thinking about and, and see where they're at. You know, we got some future billionaires on the show today. Okay. Do you want to introduce them to the uh, our audience? No. no. You want them to introduce themselves? First of all, I want a lot of little talk. Before 36 minutes. Hey, what's up, I feel guys? Like if he doesn't get warmed up, he just drops I know, Lalo bombs. didn't talk at get all. Get him a cocktail, dude. That will solve it all. Everyone talk all You don't want to see Lalo drunk. And Lalo didn't talk <laughs> at all, know. but He's he made cool. the cut for his episode two. And he put it. everyone else on the bench. I see how it is. <laughs> Correct, but, yeah. you know? Maybe we're going to... Maybe you're trying to tell me I'm talking too much, so you want me not to talk as much. The one that was talking too much was RD. He got too many likes. Yeah, yeah he I got a lot like, of followers, I, too. Yeah, he did. Can't, can't be happening. So, I mean, how do you want to do this? We got well, no, I think, no... I guess if you don't want to uh, introduce them, they should introduce themselves and they can maybe give a like, Yeah, but a that's quick... kind of awkward. Like, they just introducing themselves. I'm Jordan Greenfield. Damn, I like it. <laughs> I like just taking charge. From Boston originally. Ooh. Moved here during the pandemic. Found my businesses out of Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Vegas has been good to us. Ooh. I actually moved back to Boston for a year. I had a baby boy who's just turned one. And I just bought a house about two miles down the road, and I am pumped to be back in Vegas. Hell yeah. Founded Hubi, um, founder of Alativa, a skincare company. We got some supporters in in here tonight. And uh, yeah, blessed to be here. Appreciate you, Sosa. Of course. My name's Arlen, also from Boston. Uh, Boston boys here. Let's go Yankees. (laughs) East Coast gang. I see it. East Coast gang. Um, I started a YouTube channel in college. Just started documenting my life shared what a lot of people i guess were curious about which is like what is college like in in america and grew the channel nothing no crazy numbers but a couple hundred thousand followers here and there over the last several years and have just transitioned that into online businesses um selling stuff to my following right now the main thing i do is a uh, coaching program so i help guys develop essentially social skills improve their networking and dating skills and stuff like that um, and I also have a baby nephew and, uh, I'm, I'm also very, very close to Jordan and, and the Hooby world that he has built and, um, have also been recently introduced into, into this world here. And it's, it's, a, it's a loving family and, and I love it here. So I'm what very are you, excited. What are you doing tomorrow, Arlen? I'm flying to Cape Town, South Africa tomorrow. Why? Wow. Uh, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to, uh. I actually told Sosa about this. I'm going to uh, a networking. Brother, you just ruined of, the magic. I asked you why, and I'm supposed to not know why. So I, I didn't even know who was talking. I thought that was God. <laughs> I was like, yo, who's talking? <laughs> okay, yeah, I was confused too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it was God. Really like, oh, <laughs> this is impersonal. Um, <laughs> we're all an expression of God. Yeah, I, I dig it. I do, don't go I that am way. God. Let's not go there. But tell us what you're doing in Cape Town. Hey, cut that one out. We don't like now I'm going to Cape Town, South Africa tomorrow. It's uh, There's this NFT project that I'm a part of called Gents Croquet Club. And it's like a group of entrepreneurs. There's, there's a thousand tokens. 
and you you buy one and you're a part of this group and there's live events and one of them's in Cape Town. So going to Cape Town. How, how, how long is the airplane flight to Cape Town? Well, it's or Vegas just, to San Francisco. Okay. That's an hour. San Francisco. That yeah. sounds the other, the other way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> San Francisco to Doha, Qatar. Oof. And then Qatar to Cape Town. So did, did you get one of those ones? Well, like I'll put a it bed? this way: I leave the 11th and I get there on the 13th. Yikes! <laughs> Arlen, Arlen, Arlen treats himself well, dude. He'll be. He'll yeah, be you're gonna get one of those little pods, right? Yeah, he'll, he'll be vertical the whole yeah. flight. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Xanaxed out. I like yeah. it. <laughs> That's not his. But. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long is that? How long is um the preparation for something? How long you be out there? The how long is the preparation? Well, or, two questions. Sorry. How long? Like leading up to a trip, right? I'm, I'm assuming you're not going there for two days or even a week. Arlen, oh, no, before Arlen weeks. jumps in, Arlen lives like that lifestyle that like every kid that's 16 17 wants to live right now he doesn't have anything holding him down he's got his girl he's got his laptop he's got a suitcase he was in dubai last month he's in south africa next month he's he's just freaking he's on the move always yeah i'm like a i'm like an internet kid like just grew up on the internet and just you know all my friends are make money online people like i don't have an apartment right now like i had one for a year at least last year and i wasn't there for six months I actually split it with Cassin. You guys know Cassin. Yeah. That would give me um, crazy anxiety. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it wouldn't though, because he travels like you go into this kid. He'll he'll spend whatever on these shoes or whatever that is this watch, whatever it is. You go into his closet. He got he can fill it all up in one suitcase. He's freaking. He, it's just it's like the he lives like the minimalist lifestyle, but in the most luxurious way possible. No, for that, I, yeah. I used to deal with guys that would come in and buy a pair of new shoes, and they would like take off the shoes off their feet and be like, throw these away, and I'd be like, what? Yeah. And, like, they just walk away like as much as I could carry on myself, right? Yeah, that's got to be half the battle. Is, is I I vibe with that though. Like I, I think more things I add to my life like that. I'm not saying like I like I don't like I, I like no I, I like nice things too. But like I I like a few nice things. things. Your stuff things becomes up. a burden though. Exactly. Like you like, like that George Carlin skit. Like you buy stuff to put stuff and stuff and like then you get stuff and other people's stuff is shit and yeah. your stuff is always stuff and it's like it's kind of like that weird concept in life is like you want to just consume and consume and consume. so how do you maintain just this backpack lifestyle do you always if it doesn't fit in my backpack it doesn't fuck um, with me yeah 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 I, I get rid of stuff all the time but i also like use stuff down to the bone like i'll wear these first of all i want to do a lot of podcasts this year so like as i guess it's a good talking point i'll be on camera a lot like you know so we're going to mark that the so, these will be in all the podcasts probably <laughs> and then and i'll be we wear them first i'll wear them like probably every day for like six months and then they'll be worn to shit and yeah I'll but i heard like i heard like a a fight between him and his girl because they were in europe last summer and arlen needed a suit for some event and it was like 2500 yeah. bucks and arlen fucking the suit was 300 oh 300 yeah. was, and you threw it out or whatever yeah Gotcha. Well, we had to go to a, so I was in Europe this summer, did the whole like Europe circuit in the summer. And, um, and there was this, like, it was the, uh, no, it was the day before the Grand Prix, the Cannes Film Fest. Oh. And there was like a after party that my friend is like really weirdly plugged with like those kind of Europe things. Plugged and it me. was, it was Leonardo DiCaprio's like after party for the Cannes Film Fest. And I was like, I don't have a suit. So. I went to Zara and I spent like $300 on a suit and I wore it there and it was an amazing time, like unforgettable. And then we had two months left of this Europe trip 
And my girlfriend's like, you need to save the suit. I'm like, I'm not saving the suit. Yeah, like, leave it. <laughs> if I need another suit sometime in the next two months, like three, three hundred is more relatable. I thought it was twenty. But, but but I did the math too. Like that makes my suitcase overweight. If my suitcase is overweight, now it's seventy dollars every time I yeah. get on a flight more. So it's it, it's actually less economical to keep the suit. We could have shipped it home, but I was like, oh. I like how you chose a few pairs of pants over the suit pants. So you're like, these green pants are way cooler than these <laughs> yeah. suit pants. So yeah. I'm gonna keep these. Yeah. No, but that's I I, I actually like kind of in a weird way, kind of idealize that kind of mindset and that kind of lifestyle. Like that uh, what was that lady during the pandemic that told you to like take all your stuff and thank it for its time and then like give it away. She was uh, like a minimalist in a sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've always like really been attracted to minimalist lifestyles, but I've just never been able to adapt to that kind of concept. I'm, I'm envious of it too. Yeah. And like what he has going on right now, like I will never have a choice to do anything remotely close to that again. Cause I told yeah. you I got the, the, the one year old baby boy, but it's like Arlen's the type of guy when I need to work, I need everything situated. I need my desk. I need my 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 screen. I need freaking the right dose of Adderall. I need like everything to be perfect there. <laughs> Arlen can like go sit down on a beach with his laptop for an hour, be like, like do an hour of work. He'll put the laptop down. He'll, he'll walk by us and be like, just did 25K in sales and life coaching. It's like, how the <laughs> fuck did you do? Like, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have written five emails in that amount of time. How the hell did you just do that? But it's... um. It's cool, and I, I I hope that like the young kids see the opportunity that it's like it's it's hustle and it's smarts behind it, but it's like it's a, there, there's very unique ways to build a really cool life right now. Yeah. So is that is that trip um, to Cape uh, Cape Town through Hubie, or is that through the? I know you mentioned you're doing that for NFT projects. Is there any co you know, correlation between yeah, Hubie? Um, no, but pretty much everywhere I go, like Hoobie's a topic. So do you are you into the NFT scene? Do you really uh you how do you feel about that scene? I like the NFT scene. Yeah. Yeah, I I've I've been doing my hours of research and um So they're not a scam. The the one I'm in is definitely not a scam. There's I'm no way it could possibly be a scam. No, I, I, and I think it's one of the unique projects that actually isn't a scam. Um but there definitely are scams. Uh and I have a lot of friends that are heavy, heavy into crypto and like they they're they're very heavy into it and they're they're very successful with it, but they're very upfront that it is a Ponzi scheme. Like most of crypto is literally a scam. Yeah, it's kind of like that Gary V mentality. Like uh, you know, like he said, like of all like original dot com websites, like one percent will stick around. It's yeah. kind of like in the sense of like NFTs. It's like mm -hmm. what it, you got to kind of like pick and choose which ones will actually hold weight or tread mm -hmm. water. 10 years from now right and then, yeah and you could be like really dabbling in something that like as a token i think more relevance in the tokens and like the utilitarian side of that rather than like the nft side of like i'm going to buy this for low and then sell it for the high right because i yeah. like if i like when companies say hey you know as a investor structure like come in get a token we'll, we'll buy in low and then eventually this token might be worth money and if you did invest in us and you believed in us from the jump then it could be profitable and various channels or maybe profitable in monetary value as well i think it's like for what i picked up on with the nft stuff is like there's a um there is a level of technology that needs to like hold up the infrastructure and there's certain tech things that need to be checked off the uh, off the list in order for for coin these, these different nfts to be successful but i think at the end of the day a lot of it depends on and there are like there are certain brands like like board apes that like just went above me on it in, in terms of taking off from a brand standpoint but i think a lot of it it relies on the, the founders of the actual NFTs themselves and like 
do one of them end up get, getting canceled? Do one of them do something freaked up? Did you see stuff like what just happened with Logan Paul or like even, even um, um, there's been scrutiny around like the Nelk guys and I'm sure people are just going after them because of how big they are. But there's like, there's a lot of people and I think it's with a turn with, with um, obviously we're, we're going to do a terrible financial market now. So everyone's going to point fingers and, 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 and start rashing out, losing it on people. But I think the founders play a big role in the success of these, these different NFTs. hundred percent. Hey, Lalo, you hold any crypto? You got any wallets? I do not. I What's don't up? know. You don't believe in it? Man, well, it's theirs. I believe in it. But what do you mean? I, it's not there. It's in the world. It's in the ether. It's like in the, like the, the, the never was. But you still sure. believe in it. Why don't you get on it? Who else? You got some? You got some? Of course. Why are you so quiet? So I'm just listening to the conversation. I don't like it. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> you get some NFTs? I know. All, you know what the heart boys got probably got the. Well, yeah. So like, oh, super heavy into the NFT market right off the bat. But what scared me was like the gas fees, and I can yeah. it could never really equate in my mind to like pay. Uh, like a, a transaction fee, like that was equivalent to what I wanted to pay for the actual piece, right? Yeah. And I think I missed the the, the ball right off the gate, like on like the cool ones that might have been, and not obviously obviously missed the board apes, but there was other ones, you know, pigs and other yeah. animals that that trended for a, a, a moment. But right now, I feel like the the coolest thing is an artist. I re- I really like like the blockchain and how it's going to like do the smart contracts and the the repayment and like you know even in the uh, in the art world itself in like the they call it provenance is like a like you can look at the history of who owns certain paintings and i really think that there's been so much like black market and fakes and stuff like that that this will legitimize that as well and i'm i have a, like a lot of faith in the blockchain more or less than the actual nft market yeah so i think i didn't personally well, nft was kind of like the testing ground for like I, f- I feel like a lot of it was like everyone jumped from web 2 to web 3 so fast when there was still to your point about Gary Vee, people were still like trying to feel out what is this really. I think we're yeah, know, everyone I, thought there was like a lottery, right? Yeah. Like, oh, let me just I'll, pay, I'll buy a ticket. I'll buy a ticket. Yeah. I'm just going to be worth some money. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, maybe that wasn't the best I move know, out the gate. But it, it's so fucked though. Like I had a I literally my college bar in Fairfield, Connecticut. I graduated college in 2014. There was one of the Bitcoin ATMs there. Like I'm there, freaking just like being an idiot, throwing away money. Like imagine if I just like bought and there's there's got to be kids in my graduating class or the years before that just like either had it and just sat on it and like had had some bitcoin or they ended up losing their freaking i don't don't think that's a good argument though because say you bought it in 2014 and you bought it at a hundred dollars and it goes to five thousand dollars are you gonna hold it i mean you just how many times is that right so i don't like i hear that if i would have got in and stuff like that not to contradict you but yeah. like i think it's a it's a game of who got in first like that information right like basically insider trading when you know it's going to pump and then if it doesn't have like a utility then you have to get out of it right like yours has most utility behind it where like a board ape doesn't really have a utility you're not going to get on a yacht yeah, right like that's why i think like i supported our like we, i talked through it literally last night with our own but i think you whatever spend tens of thousands of bucks on on these or you could sell them now for tens of thousands of bucks but i see the value he's getting out of it without even sell like without even that price tag on them like he's he's in it for the utility of it and Correct. the network of it and all that so he's getting his money's worth every step along the way which is like if you can find nft projects where you're getting that value every day when you're still holding them then it then it's a no-brainer what do you think what do you guys think about I, and just an interesting topic for me because it touched our world a little bit the F, the ftx stuff um i think there's a lot more behind it than meets the scene the eye right um 
FTX, like we have to look at the bank that funds all the crypto, like in and out, right? Like how do you turn your fiat currency into cryptocurrency? And then you can start looking at what's in trouble and what's over leveraged. And you can almost start picking these apart, right? So like I, I had a feeling about FTX about two months ago and I said it to all the guys here. Everybody thought I was crazy. Then it happened, right? Um, I think- really? Yeah. That's I, wild. So you don't I think that Bank Friedman was just like doing some real scandalous shit? You think that it was, did he get, like, name, name, did he get poached by, by Binance and then like they market in and he had to buy them out or was he just real living that lifestyle with yachts and like expenses? And well, was that, that like crazy shit? And then you had all the celebrities. This is why, because, because we were closer with Tom's team and Tom was tied to that. So I, I think what happened there is that it's a, it's more of a, a situation that he was put in than him creating that situation. Right. I don't think I don't know him personally, but I don't think that's a one person thought. Right. Like, I believe that's a team of people that happened. And I think that it was a way to generate money off the books to make things look a little bit more legitimate. And I'm talking about like political people that got money, countries that got money, um, arenas that got money. So almost like I don't want to say a cabal, but almost like a confluence of people, because there's people that are not going to get their money back. And those are the ones that jumped in late. And then there's people that got their money back. If you look at but it, I think those outside people and like the politics and, and stuff that you're talking about, I don't think that they directly knew when Sam was making those decisions of what he was doing there I- internally. I don't think the people, the external people in politics or whatever it is, knew the impact on the business it was going to have. I think I think Sam was a case of like if you look at like Billy McFarlane. Billy mm-hmm. McFarlane's the fr- Firefest founder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And the reason like I like this topic is because these young entrepreneurs that end up doing stuff with people's money that they say they're not going to do. I'm sorry, I'm boxing you up, bro. I feel bad. Um, Damn, Lolo, step in. Yeah. But it, it, they end Stepping up doing in. stuff with investors' money that they say they're not going to do. That ends up giving a lot of older investors, and I'm old. I just turned thirty, but I'm saying like these investors in their early twenties that are going out and raising money that are actually doing things the right way. These bad actors end up giving a bad taste in their mouth to all investors. Like this is going to be another case of 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 of, of Firefest or or of FTX. But I think it's a very similar thing where they they had too big of a shoes to fill. Like I, I think that Billy McFarlane wanted Firefest to be a success. He was trying to do everything in his in his power to make it a success. But as part of that, he started a series of lies that he couldn't catch up to. And I think that that Sam Bankman Freed stuff was the same thing. So let me ask you a question. Would you invest in something that doesn't have a risk assessment? I mean, I do. Anytime I write a check for something, I do my own risk assessment. Correct. Right. But if something can go wrong, it probably will. If there's no checks and balances, right, would you take that big of a risk? Yeah. But 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 things going wrong and things failing is completely different. Not, than, not going than, wrong. I'm, but I'm saying that the driver of the ship. If they're telling false facts, that's a completely different case than a competitor coming in or an API changing that you no longer have access to or, or something of that nature. You what, know what, what I'm mean? saying is if, for example, you're investing a shit ton of money into something, right? Yeah. And the owner can take that money without accountability and withdraw it without you knowing, without an email or without an alert coming up, that's probably something that you're not going to invest in. Yeah. I mean, it's different. When I mean, you're talking FTX, like for example, you you raised rounds of funding for yeah. Hubi, right? But like my investors don't get a notification when no, when no, we spend, but yeah. but they get a quarterly, yeah, right, yeah, so, they, they invest so FTX didn't have that, yeah, right. So like that's that's a that's a that's something that's a red flag for anybody. The only reason that people invested in it is because the lottery ticket, 
right? It's not because it was like the soundest of investments. And I believe the government knew because it's primed for securities fraud, which is what he got caught on. But I red, think the red flag, go ahead. Like, sorry. Like, like to McFarlane or Sam or any of those people, there's like, I always, when I watched the documentary, I always felt that there was just so many yes men. Like there's people in the middle that could have been saying no to these, these people, like, and stepping in and being like, we can't do X, Y, and Z. And eventually it feels like either they get replaced or terminated or like, cut out of the picture and they're not in the cool guy group anymore and i feel like if you create a good company you need people that are going to come to you and be like this isn't right i don't like that yeah or, no you can't do that and if if you don't have that then that's where where, where you're talking about where there's this, like kind of all kinds of you know either mcfarland where he's just kind of like i'm just pushing along either all these people are saying like no these people don't have places to stay and he's just like yeah i don't like hearing no so just say yes to me and just trucking along or it's sam doing some side hustle and no one's like really well, do you know what happened right do you know do you know what actually happened with yeah with the, the, the other the other exchange guy owned freaking whatever 20 percent yeah. of their stuff and and yeah so what what the the domino that fell was so when you are th there was a bunch of institutions lending money against crypto right as a hedge fund right the math, the formula is 10%. So if you have $100, you can only borrow $10, right? Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening is he couldn't get a bank to lend him the amount of money that he wanted. So he used his own hedge fund to lend money to his. So then on paper, it, it ballooned his valuation up. Then he got investors to come in and say, hey, look, this is our valuation. Look at the loan that we got. Maybe but they a didn't fake token. Correct. And then, but the token was where the, the money was. But the, the fraud happened because he bought, he lent himself money from Almeida, which is his hedge fund. And up to that point, right, like there was a lot of return. What they didn't bank on was Bitcoin dipping the way that it did, right? So that's where the fraud came in. So so do you think uh, <coughs> Sam's a bad actor or do you think he just made a big mistake? He definitely lied. Yeah, I think he's part of the machine. I don't think he's like the head of the machine. Do you think his physical, personal like appearance uh, doesn't do him any services? I think it helps him. I, I, I mean, when I, I, I got into crypto late, I mean, I know Sosa's been in crypto a while, but when I, I got into it like at the tail end of the last bull run, and I remember seeing like all these signs of Sam Bakeman Friedman around like with FTX, and I'm like, I'm not investing in that guy. Like, <laughs> but no, that's the guy. Okay. It's like that Coney guy from back you, in the day. Like, I don't you, trust that guy. Yeah. If you go to an investment banker and they're driving a Porsche or a Lamborghini, you're probably not going to invest in them. Does anybody know why? 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 Because they're too flashy. Mm. Right? If you're investing in somebody that's building a technology, do you want them to look like an investment banker or talk like an investment banker? That would be more of a red flag than the way he is. The way but, he, but, but he was lying, though, because all the I'm, I'm not defending but I will that. Say, he's I will living say. in a freaking $250,000 a month uh, spot in Bahamas. Yeah. Why is he living like in the Bahamas? Well, that, but, that, that, but I was going to go back to that because I think that you had a great point about the fact that he's not surrounding himself with smart people in the space. Because if you look back at Theranos, which is the biotech company, mm -hmm. yeah. years ago, she got all of the big biggest lieutenants from the army and all the biggest credible names, but no one in science because nobody could sit there and say, this isn't going to work because of this fact. And I think Sam did the same thing. And then I think you start piling celebrities on top of that and people don't really question it. I think the offshore thing is, is like a red flag right away because I think that the, what the crypto space needs, and I don't know the crypto space too well, but if you look at like the SEC or all these, like these big dark demons in the, in the financial world where people don't want to get, um, like, like, um, them going in there quarterly and looking at the numbers, I think you need like an independent 
um, thing in crypto where it's, it's a board of people and you regulation. Don't, you, yeah, regulation, but you don't have to as as a coin or as a platform. If if you're not a public company, you don't have to have them come in and check on stuff. But if you want to get that that check of verification that like these ten huge names in the crypto or the financial world came off and gave us the sign off this quarter. So you don't have to show your entire hand if you're if you're a private company. I don't, I don't think that would work because then it will central it will decentral it will centralize crypto, I right? Think you need some security. But just the balance sheet, oversight. just the balance there, sheet of the company. There's a balance sheet, but the 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 essence of like it's basically security fraud. That's why it's not regulated. No. So every crypto you can do securities fraud in. I just believe there's signs there and I'm not saying I'm all seeing but like, would you invest in someone that ran a company from a non-extraditable country, from a different country that you're investing in? Like, wouldn't that be a red flag, bro? Yeah, but it was the, they, they told a really good story around him. He was giving his whole net. People don't. People probably started looking, and that was like that. The two weeks later, he announced that he was going to give away twenty billion dollars, and then like all that noise got rid of it. They did a really good job telling the story. That's publicity, of his course. His family came from education, um, from Stanford. Um, obviously, all the political ties. Then you have Mister Wonderful and Giselle and Tom Brady and all these people promoting it. It's like at that point, who's going to question it? Yeah, you get the Larry David Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. It just seems so legit. I think outside of what happened, the most interesting part was that he posted bail for two hundred and fifty million. <laughs> yeah, wild. When he was supposedly only said he had a hundred thousand. That's that's what I'm saying. That's that to Insane. me is more interested of what happened. Was it two hundred fifty? Is it two fifty? So, but that's only temper. You only got to put ten percent down. No, right? not with that case. You got to put it all up. No Still way. 20, 20, that's like bail bonds, man. I call that guy up and say, I got the ten percent. No bail yeah. bonds. No no bail bonds. Cash man money, would be bro. Able to, to I got that. I put my watch down on it. The 25. Uh, another interesting thing too, because I, I, I mentioned that I saw Sam's face on a billboard and I was like, oh, man, I don't trust that guy. But what I ended up doing, like when I first got into crypto, is researching all these different exchanges. I found the most trusted founder, five time, uh, like a guy sold five companies in his life, Alex Machinsky. I trust this guy. This guy has a winning track record. He's got five children. He's in like, he, he's like a level person. And do you guys know who Alex Machinsky is? I've never heard of him. He's a founder of Celsius. Oh, okay. So <laughs> the I energy put, drink? I put, no, the crypto exchange. <laughs> the, the one that went bankrupt. The, the one that went bankrupt. <laughs> so oh, so I lost a lot of money in one that with a founder that actually looks completely legit. trustworthy yeah. and legit and actually I guarantee had a winning track record. I guarantee it didn't lose because of lying, though. Like, he didn't lose that, because of lying. Yeah. It was the- Over leverage and being greedy. Yeah, and it was the government's, the way that they started regulating the, those types of exchanges that were doing all the crypto lending. Um, I was also going to say, too, on this topic, um, with the the Sam Bankman Friedman's and the, uh, Billy, the McFarlane's. Billy McFarlane's, like how many of those people have you guys encountered in your real business life that just don't happen to be major famous story, you know, celebrities? But they, you know, I, I mean, maybe I'm I'm 26, so I'm I'm still learning, but I've been screwed over by so many real life Billy McFarlane's in my life and business, um, and. I think it's like there's so many people out there like that. There's a, yeah. there's a lot that there's a lot of Billy McFarlane. Billy McFarlane was one. If that, I honestly think if if that storm didn't happen, if if, if it didn't start raining the night before, it wouldn't have been a good event. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't have gone to prison for five years. Like he would. And and there are plenty of people that have gone down that lying rabbit hole. That have ended up coming out the other side, okay, and just shook it off. Yeah, but, but, then, but then they go the next one, the next one, the next one. They have the same, they have the same mentality, and eventually it falls apart. 
I think, right, like the way we consume the news, right, kind of creates that narrative, which is a question I wanted to follow up on you for the traveling. We villainize him here, and I'm not defending him. I think it's horrible what he did. I don't want to say that. But how much of that, like, is part of the news? Because you don't hear much of everything else that went on, right? So, like, when you're in Europe or when you're when you're in another country, how does the news, like, be is reflected in society compared to here? Because I think news runs this society do you see that the same everywhere else you've been traveling to? Uh, is the question specifically about FTX or just how does news in general? Just news, because right now we're we're having a a, a, a notion about what happened in FTX, yeah. almost like a narrative that's mm-hmm. being pushed. We don't necessarily know if everything on the news is true. Do you see that same narrative being pushed in other countries you've been at? Yeah, I mean, my my immediate response is like in my I'm like where I get my news is mostly in my network. So like, you know, the group chats I'm in and and That's friends that I have. Peer to peer? Yeah, peer to peer, yeah. And and so I guess wherever I am, I'm sort of sharing ideas, thoughts with the same people, news articles from the same people. Um and then also I, I read a lot of Twitter. But I think you're asking more so like if you go out on the street in Italy and something's happening in the world, like what are the locals talking about? Um I don't know. I I mean, this summer wasn't the most like cultural <laughs> experience. It was like a lot of like partying and stuff. Um, I wasn't partying as much, but my friends all were. But I mean, yeah. I, and I say that because I, I wasn't honestly paying attention as much to like a news and b how like the culture around me was reacting to it. Um, especially because the locations I was in was were more so like, you know, if you're in. Croatia yacht week like your skipper's not talking about FTX like on the on the boat you know like so are you still uh, documenting those uh, adventures like you were in college or is it more like behind the scenes now I am not as much in like in college I was daily vlogging yes. video of my life every day just now, edits 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 voiceovers the whole yeah, nine exactly yeah and so and now it's more like once a month but I post on Instagram stories pretty often, just so, whatever's happening. So go follow because it's probably fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, go ahead, bro. Has anybody seen anything in the news that was shocking this week? Then, dude, I was following the Idaho murder case like a fucking lunatic. He was. This, this <laughs> like, guy's like I, glued I, to the I screen. Love Dateline. That's like my refresher at the end of the day. I try and get like my my day off of business. <laughs> I'll I'll hit the bong. I'll freaking and I'll just sit there. The and be I don't understand. Bianca will come out until midnight. Like, are you gonna go to bed? Are you gonna go to bed? I'm like, I'm still thinking. Uh, but I watched Dateline. The Idaho thing. Like I. So early on into it, I was like. This is definitely somebody that's closely tied to these people, or there's some college kid that's walking around campus, and the word's going to get out. And I just like the whole thing of the fact that, like, if you guys, if I don't know if you guys saw him getting pulled over on the drive back from Idaho to Pennsylvania with his father, but it's one of the most eerie things. Yeah, just explain it for the people that might not. Yeah, so so this lunatic who went to University of I'm going to screw up my states here, but University of Washington or something, some school in Washington that was right on the border of Idaho. Drove 15 miles, murdered four college kids in the middle of the night, and nobody. The the, the, the police were acting like they didn't have any knowledge. Yeah, of it. no, no CCTV, yeah. nothing. And, until like six or eight weeks in, like the the victims' parents were freaking out. Like, how do you guys not know anything? This investigation the car sucks, disappeared. All this. Everything. Yeah, but long story short, you realize that they did figure out early on who it was, but they needed to match the DNA at the crime scene to the DNA of. They ended up getting trash out of the father's trash at home in pennsylvania and matching that 
to the crime scene. And on the way back, they were tracking him. You, have, you see the police over pulling him over for tailgating too closely with the car in front of them. But really, the, the police officer is asking, like, where are you coming from? And the dad starts oversharing. The dad that didn't know his son just murdered four kids. And you see the kid in the driver's seat's jaw friggin' drop. And really, they were just they were tracking him cross country until they had, so they didn't know he's so they knew he wasn't fleeing until they had enough evidence to make the arrest. Which is crazy. That's crazy because you know that's a that, not to like they had one previously that Gabby Pet- Petrina yeah, right and, and Twitter basically solved it. So it was similar in this case too, where Twitter thought they were being people the, got the so sleuths. emotionally connected. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I thought the first thing that I heard was that it was a stalker right from the jump, and it was weird because uh, that kind of connotation left the the oh it wasn't a stalker anymore, and I was like wait, and then when they showed the guy again, I was like well he was one of the like I guess he was quasi stalking one of the girls. The, the craziest part is that the kid was a. He, he was a graduate student studying criminal justice. They had him in Reddit threads putting the, like these um, these questionnaires in there asking past murderers, what were you thinking leading up to this? What was the first action you took all this? So I think this sicko- He was doing AMAs but This kid would have kept going because like the amount of fuel this sicko was probably getting from watching his face everywhere and knowing he was getting- a, a, getting away with all this but i think he was going to go straight back to school like he did and he was going to take this knowledge from murdering these freaking poor kids and try and like adapt that adapted in a sick way to his to his craft which is which which, which is legal and, mm. and it was just it was just crazy. like Dexter. Wow. like the perfect murder like sick stuff Damn. so so and so in weird way what you're saying is he didn't get away with it the cops were kind of on him from the jump and they were just like playing dumb so that no one else kind of like blew up the well, spot. Well, I, I think from like people is six, eight weeks in, they thought they had nothing. I do know they, they, they do know that, that they ended up taking the DNA from the father's trash in Pennsylvania. And you can tell if you guys watch tonight, him getting pulled over on the highway, you can tell that the cop had no other, um, no other intent other than figure out where they're going and make sure they were still on track to get to Pennsylvania. Like that's the way it felt when the cop goes up the window. No ticket, gave him a pass. Where are you guys going? Where are you coming from? Dad starts talking too much. His his jaw drops. A couple days later, he's arrested at his parents' house in Pennsylvania. Crazy. Sorry, guys. I I love love crime. I love that. Wow, that's part of it. That's a shocking (laughs) news, right? Like, how many people were talking about that? A lot. We need a movie. That Dateline, though. That's that, that Dateline. All that is is just crazy. To, like, well, immediately like I thought it's like the ex-boyfriend. Like normally, it shit's easier than that. This guy was just a lunatic from the town over. Like you sicko. And they were saying like uh, there was some uh, uh, roommates that were either on a floor above. It's the first floor, right? Yeah. So there was people that lived up- upstairs, and the people that lived upstairs said that the house was so old and creaky that there was no way that you could even open a door in the place without someone hearing it. Yeah. The way that people are giving one of the one of the surviving girls shit now because apparently she came out and she saw the the murderer and then didn't call for eight hours. There's there's some like conspiracy theories around. Bro, the, if the you were drinking out. hard because I went to the Harvard of the West, kid, Chico yeah. State, and no. I went to the Harvard of the West, and we used to drink real hard up there. If I went in like you know in one of my brown out blackout phases, if I walked out of the bathroom, yeah, you think you're, you're hallucinating. Thought, you're like thought I was seeing drunken. something crazy. <laughs> I don't know if the first thing I would do is go grab the phone and call the cops. Yeah. You know, that's like one of those. You ever hear those like when the cops call and they're like, I can't, I can't feel my hands. Yeah. Like, that's like one of those calls. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure I'm seeing what I'm seeing. But also, if you were seeing that, I do. That's probably pretty traumatizing. Yeah. So it's crazy. Do we have any non-dark news? I apologize. Yeah. Who's got the chat GPT? Got the, uh, I do. I wanted to jump on that too. Is so does a. Uh, it looked like Lalo wanted to say something. Lalo was like, ah, "My turn." <laughs> what do you know, Lalo? You, you I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I'm just thinking about um, earlier how you said 
that you know those people are with the crazy stories i was thinking of a story that i heard with this guy calls the cops and he uh he thought his hands were scissors oh yeah so yeah yeah you, the, uh, that's we should you should all go google that he's like oh, i'm gonna cut some stuff now you know he's like <laughs> running a, running a tangent with the coffees on some crazy acid or something or some super uh was it some super uh super high dosage edibles but who knows sure i'm really i'm really so pumped possible. on this chat gpt though i'm not sure if anyone's really privy on what the open AI is. I've been diving into it pretty heavily. Yeah. I don't know, but you have, you have been. Well, as a creative, I'm always scared of, of AI. It freaks me out, right? Because yeah. like, I don't want anyone Same. to just like jump in and take over creating creative artwork. Or But uh, so I, I, I was one of the first early adopters. I was like really on the early TikTok threads and caught on really early. And I think I, re- I read something that they had a million users faster than any mobile app or any mm-hmm. uh basically any user ever. yeah ever like in three days mm-hmm. too right wow and i heard that also chat gpt is also spending three million dollars a day just in server fees because mm-hmm. of how many people are using yep. it right now mm-hmm. and i'm if so do do is everyone aware of what this is yeah i know i i heard some cases of things that were incredible like this person built a whole software mm-hmm. using Wait, that. what's his name i forget the guy's name he fa- he, i'm pretty sure he founded y combinator Yes, which is why Combinator is like the the place to go. Airbnb was founded at a Y Combinator. I think Snapchat was founded at a Y Combinator. Like all a lot of the biggest unicorn companies of of like the 2010 era were all through through Y Combinator. The but biggest incubator, yeah. yeah. He did a whole. I, I don't know the specifics of the software that he did, but instead of hiring four or five engineers to do this, he literally told Sam Altman. You know, Sam Altman. Sam yeah. Altman. He told the 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 program or the the AI to say, "Hey, I want you to do this, this, and this," and it did it in a record time, and it saved them. Like, I mean, upfront, right? Building the software is probably the most expensive thing when you're starting out, right? And then maintaining it and stuff like that. Imagine if you can build Hubi in a week. Yeah. For like it's scary. a tenth of the price. I literally did a poll just before coming here about AI stuff, and I had a guy respond. Um, I run a marketing agency. I can do everything from banging out a hundred social media posts in an hour to fifteen hundred word blogs. I also like the interface and formulas. Um, AI software is all great. It allowed me to cut my overhead by eighty percent in sixty days. And he followed up to say. Um, he has he had 10 blog writers on contracts to do SEO writing. He cut nine of them. And then and then the one he kept is now responsible for using he uses Jasper, which is specifically but, but for this copywriting. Kid's about stuff. To get fired by all of his clients because they're gonna start doing it themselves. Yep. Not necessarily because you need to hire someone to yeah. do it anyway. So like there's gotta be a guy that's gonna be the learner but, of the commands, right? So yeah. like the how how I speak to AI is I know I'm the commander of AI. And yeah. like I'll I'll learn how to harness the commands in a better way so I can speak to it in the most unique and precise. And you still have to like proofread it and make sure it's on brand. And then and it's still going it. to be inaccurate in certain aspects and like, especially for SEO and like large, like especially uh, infor- information. How, how relatable can it be though? Well, do you, do you, so you it's should, really good. You should no. tell, you should tell them the story. So I've got a buddy, Baruch, who's a, a Hubie investor and, and Baruch's best friend who he lives with is a guy named Olaf, Olaf. Carlson. Wee who was the first employee at Coinbase, and then he founded Polychain uh, Capital or whatever. He's, the kid's worth $3 billion bucks. He's got lives in a $30 million house in the hills. And they, they invited me over two weeks ago to, to go to talk about this new project. And they got access, they're best friends with, with Sam. And so they got access to the API for Chat AI. Sam essentially said to them like, hey, we know how to build all this stuff. We don't really do the consumer facing stuff that well. You guys can package something. We'll give you this additional access 
And so can you can you give a little rundown on um, on Ninja or whatever? Yeah, so work it's called Work Ninja, workninja.com and I was just talking to Bruges before yeah. earlier. And they they purchased workninja.com, they purchased ninja.com. They own they spent over a lot of money. I'm not going to say how much, but they spent a lot of money on basically owning the word ninja and they are basically what they specialize in is and they have access to chat gpt4 right now the only thing available to the public is chat gpt3 4 um can basically create undetectable uh essays to plagiarism so they specialize in essays mainly for students like they're going after students uh and, and colleges and it can write a unique essay. Every single essay written by the algorithm is unique. But they're wild. Like he the was explaining why, and he was explaining what they do is like. So it writes the essay according to the prompt that you give it. Um, like explain why lame is shifted culture in a six hundred fifty word you know uh, essay, um, and then it'll write the essay. And every three words, it will replace it with like a synonym. So that and it will re, and it will rephrase it so that because the other issue with with uh, colleges right now is that the so like some kid it was like it went viral on Twitter made an algorithm that could detect ChatGPT. Well, see, Chat that's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. But this one has ChatGPT four undetectable. It was almost like uh, remember like, everything school, is unique. like plagiarizer. You know, yeah. like where you would like steal a bunch of plagiarizer and you go make an essay and then they had plagiarizer like your teachers yeah. so they could yeah. go and make sure that oh, yeah they can't do that anymore. Yeah. The the essay can write its own stuff. The, the, the the, schools are just going to stop having essays as part of the stuff. But also, isn't that like GBT three is currently taking in all of the information, and GBT four is kind of like where it's kind of incubating. It, yeah. yeah, so it's no you know, one's really playing was, around with that. What's crazy? They don't even have the the most powerful processor. Nvidia has it, and ChatGBT doesn't use it. So, like to think about the computing power, like the biggest chip, right? I don't know if you guys heard. It's like the size of this room. And they're not using that power. And that's how good it is. Imagine when they start using these like overhyped um, or overpowered processors. So is AI good or bad, though, in the long run? Well, we're heading toward the singularity, I think, whether we like it or not, which is when uh, like I think we're already it's already proven. We're at the point where some computers are can replace some humans. Yes. But the singularity is happens in 2045, roughly, where a single computer has higher computing ability than every human on earth combined. So all 8 billion humans, one computer is more intelligent and can do more things. And at that point, I don't know what's going to happen. My, I, I feel like it's kind of like, I was thinking about it a little earlier, like I feel like it's kind of like how we respond to like ants where it's like, are we going to go destroy a bunch of ants? No, but we might accidentally. Mm. And yeah, we're just clearly far superior. If the ants like, fuck with me, I might just put a little cement on the top and crush them all, right? Yes. Yeah. The issue, I think, would be, like, it's computers creating culture, mm-hmm. right? Like, at one point, it's not going to be relatable, or they're going to push, the computer might push, like, an agenda, right, collectively. If one computer is going to be smarter than every human combined, what if it pushes an agenda for something, right? Like, how do we know... That this, what would its agenda be though? Because it's also really not, related. Not its I think, agenda. To, I'm just saying, like for example, like during an election, you see bad press for one person and, and a lot of good press for another, and there's like a villain and a, and a good guy and all this stuff. That's an agenda that's pushed, right? At one point, like when everything is AI, then excuse me, how do you know that the content you're simulating is real? How do you know that that comes from a person and not just a computer? Because you don't know. 
Today you don't know. No, <laughs> so, but you, you know, don't know that it comes. You do know that it comes from a person, right? Because you physically can see it. But like when the content is like overwhelmingly on the AI, you don't know if like that's really that. Not that person. I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly, but like you don't know if that thought is that person's. Right now, you kind of know if the thought is that person, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can see a thought. It's not perfect, right? It's not like like a perfect idea. With AI, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to detect that there's no mistakes. Like in any company along the way in marketing, there's there's. You can errors. probably tell it to have a few mistakes and make it sound more like a human. Yeah, you can. I, mm-hmm. I do it all the time. I ask yeah. it to be like a little more witty or dumb it yep. down or say it say it not as as. High executive as it's saying. Is that how you can text me, bro? Chat AI. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 in the craziest thing. Yo, you want to know who needs chat AI? I was telling all of us, all we have some friends that own OnlyFans agencies. You start having freaking these girls just responding automatically oh, to like the 5,000 yeah. subscribers S- they have. I swear to God, it's like yeah, a chat All night long, Boom. they're just yeah. freaking Nikki, yeah. like, I, I got you. I'll you be all personalized daddy? with you, yeah. too, and just talking about <laughs> everything <laughs> you feed me. I just start remembering yeah. to you, like, you got a kid. I know you got a kid. You live yeah. in the house. I know you got like exactly. everything. Just start keying it right back to you. So, so, so sort of on a similar train of thought is the the news about the fission or fusion. You guys hear about this? Like the, it's like they discovered how to make essentially like unlimited energy. Oh yeah. Yes, that. yes. But that so, like Nikola Tesla did that, right? And they it, like yeah, killed that. And they shut it down. Yeah. But AI Why did they is shut gonna, it down? The AI is gonna figure out how to do that. And then the AI is gonna harness that power somehow. So I don't know. I just know that like So you uh <laughs> like an optimist or a pessimist? Um I think I'm just excited to see what happens. Okay. Yeah. He's just, like, he's just riding. He's just buckled up. He's yeah. just like, let's go. Exactly. exactly. I like it. I like it. I like it. Are you an optimist or pessimist? I'm always like a glass half empty kind of guy. I'm a, but I think that's just because of how I was raised. <laughs> I'm always like looking at the negative. Scarcity. So that, so that I'm like, uh, so when it, if it doesn't happen, I'm happy. But if it does happen, I was like prepped for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm yeah. never like that. I've always like, I've always appreciated people that can go into something and just like, just never see any negative in it and like always see the good in it and like if especially for business people they're always just like boom they're like starships and i'm always the guy that like when they're telling me their plan or their pitch i'm always like part yeah i I think like part of goal like the next generation has to think about what they want their profession to be based on like what can a computer not like what can what, what's do, so yeah. far-fetched from a computer being able to get up to that and, like that's why i'm not like i'm not worried about my baby boy because like he's not gonna be i'm not the math guy i'm not solving the problems i'm not a, an engineer i'm not building shit i've always been the you're also the, not the low-laying fruit that's gonna be like talking to like, rare, like yeah. customer support no, or I know, but it I'm, but I'm like, saying too, like i've always been like a like people will always do business with people there was always, there will always be these layers on top of the computers that the, that are the ones making and there may be decisions being made by the ai but there 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 will always be at least for for my 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 life and my boy's life, there will be a layer of humans on top of that have more power than than the computers that can pull the toggles for the computers. That's my belief. I know you're going to say that like the world's going to get taken over by AI. I don't know, in but years. I'm also like trippy, like a super space case in the sense of like a matrix kind of thing. Like when people say like you know the simulation or something like that, I play into that because I'll drive on a road and I'll be parked behind a, a bus and I'm like. I'm in a two two seater car with like a small mid console, probably the equal distance width of the of the bus, and the bus got has two seats, a middle lane, and maybe another two seats or another seat. So yeah. like, how does the bus in width take up the same lane that I'm in? It's almost like that's a perfect like <laughs> gap in the matrix. What about, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm but just you're saying, how is a bus as wide? How many seats are on a bus? Like he's saying, there, he's saying there's eight kids sitting cross. I can reach my door to my right. How the hell are we taking? Yeah, up the, the kids are space? small. 
No, but like seat, even a regular there's bus. There's like eight seats. Like you pull behind like a regular metro bus, right? There's at least two seats, a lane, there's a full four, walking yeah. lane, and then maybe a twisted seat. So it looks so like we'll say. you think that the matrix is, is not. I think it's a, like a. Like mathematically a, correct. No, no, no. Well, he's saying like if, if you're in a car. Right? Yeah, I think there's a glitch in the matrix in yeah. a sense. Yeah. So when I'm on a bus, I'm in a bigger room. But when this I'm in a car. Secret. We figured it out. Yeah. When I'm talk. in a car, I don't, I don't feel it. I don't know. That's where I'm always talking about. It's a simulation. That's where my brain goes. So because I of would, that. That's yeah. Funny. Because of that exact thing. Like I can't, I can't equate why the bus is so much wider yeah. than the car. I don't just, I just blew everyone's mind. Everyone's like turning off and Googling a bunch of shit. I'm probably wrong. That's why we need like a Jamie, like from we Joe Rogan. We got a fact check guy. He just like, didn't bring a computer to like today. Google it for He's us. going to go off memory to fact uh, check. Uh, Is he lying, fact check guy? He, he was shaking his head. Fact check guy was shaking his head saying, I'm, I'm in it. I know we was going to talk about buses today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, research I didn't buses, bring my bus right? book. I got to research buses. No, but I'm, I just like a Matrix guy. I think it's all like we're just living in a so is Arlen. In a you, guys want to, you guys want to get Arlen juiced up and start talking Tate. about Tate. Yeah. <laughs> Arlen's, hey, Arlen's he's in jail. Arlen's coming back against Harry next week. Yeah, no, Who's I'm Tate? The, Andrew Tate. You know? Oh, Andrew Tate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's up with Andrew Tate? Is he really he's sex trafficking? Hey, 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 guys, we're not trying to get canceled, bro. I mean, like, this is you know, in they, Romania. This is going to air many hours later than it's going to air in Romania. It's not that I'm worried about, bro. It's America. Is, is, is he a cancel culture like term now? We can't say entertain? No, you, you, hear you, that, you could say it. It depends what you say about yeah. him. Did you hear that? I didn't say he was like the hospital. doing what he might have been doing. I, I like Andrew Tate because I like the, and like this is before any of the, and I have no idea what's going on with the, um, the sex trafficking stuff. I just like how rattled he gets some of the fucking like far, far, far liberals. Like my, <laughs> my sister who might as well be from middle America, who loves reality TV, who freaking is if she wasn't directly related to me, I'd be like, oh, that girl's a tool. She, Andrew Tate drives her <laughs> fucking insane. I, I shouldn't say that. I love my sister. If I copy and paste in my sister's personality into a complete stranger, I'd be like, that person's a fucking idiot. Um, but he rattles her. Bianca so when he too. says like, I'm like the most Googled person in the w- entire world, like it, we always it's true. like, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he was mad. There was like a 90-day window there. He's, he's been big around it, but there was like a 90-day window there where he was just – he had that TikTok shit going where when he didn't have any accounts, he had – because Arlen, Arlen knows a lot about Andrew Tate's world, but he had his – all of Tate University or whatever, Hustlers University, they were all creating these TikTok accounts, and there was all of these freaking TikTok accounts that, that weren't his that were posting him constantly. I was scrolling through my feed. And it was like all Andrew Tate. Wait, yeah. what is Hustlers University? It was, one of the most intelligent, it was one of the most intelligent, like creative marketing strategies I've ever seen. I think the world has ever seen. Like they, he, first of all, he's obviously extremely controversial. So mm-hmm. if he comes on a podcast like this, half the, every few sentences you could clip, put it on TikTok and it would go viral. Mm. So he did podcasts for like 10 years. Then he made a content a folder of all of them and put it in a in you know a Google Drive folder. So put a pin in that for a second. Then he made a university called Hustlers University, which is 50 bucks a month. And he basically hired um, verified millionaires. So a, a crypt, uh, crypto millionaire, so someone who trades crypto, a uh, copywriter who does like, you know, uh, seven figures a year copywriting, a uh, video person, and like, hired a bunch of different experts and gave them each kind of like a, you know, a role. And then when you join the university, what happens is it asks you, do you have a lot of money and not a lot of time? 
Do you have a lot of time and not a lot of money? What other skills do you have? What interests do you have? And it places you in the university that suits your best skill set. Oh, so, so it like it's a real your Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a real functioning. Like I, I, I know some of the people that were the professors for the university, and they're really fucking smart. Like they're some of the smartest people I know. And he hired really paid. Uh, they got, yeah, they got paid a percentage of the uh, revenue. Okay. So then what he did is one of the ways you could make money. But he had 100000 at $50 a month. So he was doing $5 million a month in revenue. Yeah. yeah. So, so one, of the ways Romania. You, one of the ways you could uh, make money is you could become an affiliate. So he had 6,000 people go into that folder of 10 years of podcast content where everything he's saying is, is viral. And he gave them an affiliate link and he said, go make your own accounts, use my content and you get 50, you, it's $50 to join. You get $25 for every person you get to sign up. Whoa. So he taught them the branding of the accounts. And then he had thousands of kids making his accounts for him, promoting his university for him. And he taught them how to do that. How did he get big enough to promote the university? What I just said. No, no, no. Just going on podcast before that, what made him relevant? We can all just he, make he our was, own He was kind of like me, honestly. Like he just he he would just go on podcasts, make some YouTube videos, talk on Twitter, and then one day he had this idea. So he he had a hundred thousand. He's got a cousin. He's got followers. a cousin or something. That's like the the minds, right? Or yeah, his well, his cousin was the operations person behind the. the but university. I think he yeah. saw like you are, and it was probably good timing too. It was like we're we're in this we're in this moment in time where it's like you can you can get a lot of people pissed off or excited by saying things like giving your real opinions online. And he was like, Andrew, you're perfect. But like, if you actually lean into this, like people are just ready to cause a, to cause a fuss over anything people say mm-hmm. online right now. And he leans so heavy into it. Like there's a reason he's leaning into, it. I don't think he's a lot of this shit. He doesn't say like one of the 10 things that is like so over the top that he doesn't really mean he's like, I need to get one in there. So fucking I can, I can irritate all the, all the, all the, feminists on, on this side and and they'll start resharing my st- shit and talking shit to me and putting more comments on there whatever and it's just going to pick up and it's going to be this whole stir i think he understands provocative marketing yeah, contra- yeah. yeah i think him i think ty lopez was one of the ogs of that too do you guys know who ty lopez i know ty lopez yeah yeah he he understood he retired it. now you kind of look like ty lopez so <laughs> me I'm like a foot and a half taller. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just the glasses. Damn, Ty Lopez over my head. I don't even know who this guy is. Oh, he's like, do you ever remember that YouTube commercial that was like, here in my garage, just got this new Lamborghini here, but you know what I like more than my Lamborghini? This Knowledge. <laughs> and then he shows like behind the Lamborghini, he has all these oh, yeah. bookshelves. You yeah. remember that guy? Yeah, I remember yeah. that guy. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that yeah. guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See, that he understood like people are going to hate you, but if they're hating you, they're talking about you. So do you think that... <clears throat> That Andrew Tate was doing it intentionally. The whole the whole shtick is is is, yeah. is is fake. Absolutely, it's not fake. He definitely believes a lot of the things he says, but he intentionally. But then when he goes and when says like, like the girls are men's property, like he you, takes it an extra step to like nail it home. I feel. But like. when you and he you, has like reasons why he says that that yeah, are like yeah, real, yeah. but yeah. he doesn't. He knows that he's saying it in a way that's going to piss people. But off. even yeah. things like with the Muay Thai thing, where he's like a fighter and he like would be able to like handle the business if it came yeah, to, and yeah, they have like a yeah. video of him fighting and stuff yeah, exactly. like, is that yeah. like a more setup or is that just coincidental or is that oh he was of, a kickboxer okay so that's just he's just he can really kick some ass yeah, too I, I think like even i heard rogan um joe rogan and i think it might have been the um the dave portnoy one but they were talking about andrew tate and they're like people from that world from that kickboxing world it's like there's not a lot of money in it he's like those guys are freaking psychos he's like i'm not surprised that andrew tate's a lunatic mm-hmm. it's definitely a tough world and i don't know where he was kickboxing but yeah, it's a primal instinct to like good. to to not say exactly what you think 
Um, but if you're six foot four, you've knocked out 70 like fiercely dangerous other men, and there's two of you. Like he has a, bro- a twin brother, or not twin, but he has a brother who is also a kickboxer. Like you're probably gonna say whatever you want. Mm. And yeah, you're less fear of. Where did we just watch that the other day? Where did I hear that? What? Somebody was literally saying exactly what you just said about like the fact that like people that just just overall numbers, somebody that is willing to defend themselves, and they're going all the way back to like what what are like human instincts, like somebody that is physically able to defend themselves are. X times more likely to stick up for their opinion or to say like, I don't agree with that. I mean, and I think it's, I guess it's in the, the Andrew Tate case, but mm-hmm. it is, it is interesting. Like unique thoughts come a lot more from people that are physically willing to defend themselves. Just yeah. if you look all the way back in time. You're not afraid from, of straying yeah. from the crowd. Cause if you stray from the crowd, you face the potential of being uh, attacked by the crowd. Might have been Andrew Tate that was saying that. I'm an idiot. Probably, <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. You just, you, do you think he makes it out okay after this? Yeah, is he unscathed? Does well, he become bigger? As of right now, he, I mean, he has the sexual assault allegations. Well, I don't. Him. So yeah. obviously, if he was like sex trafficking women, he should be put in jail forever. But yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really know. I don't think any. I don't think anyone knows the definition of sex trafficking, and I think it's different in in, in every place you go. And the reason I say that, and, and I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but I think that there was something said about the fact that his job early on, when he was running the OnlyFans agency, was to go on dates, make girls fall in love with him to the point that they would do anything he asked. Hence, they would go back, they would take this, this content, and then he would create all these, these online profiles for them or whatever it was. Is like, are in certain places in the world, or is that considered, is manipulating a, a girl into a position where she's completely relying on you and that she doesn't know any better and you're in a place of power and you make her put content and maybe she doesn't even know where he was distributing that content online. Like, can that be categorized as sex trafficking? Maybe, maybe it can. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like when people are saying sex trafficking, I think they, I think people are picturing Andrew Tate with, with girls and freaking chains and bringing them yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, 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 like some yeah. Saudi, you know, like, exactly. little, little, like but I think, I think it could yeah. be more subtle than that. He could yeah. still get convicted of it. And to that, I think he, yeah, he, I think he definitely did that shit. No, that, <laughs> like the, he, the, he said that. I think yeah, that was, he did say, that. yeah. So if, if that's considered, but I, I, I do think that there's a lot of people that think like, oh, it's, um, What's 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 that movie where he's like good luck? That's well, like, what, then what's the it, line? Though? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, okay, hold on. So what if what if you're? So I have a girlfriend. What if like times got tough, and <laughs> I was like, hey, we got to do OnlyFans now. Like, if we want to feed so the nephew, if we, we want to go like, to Dubai, is that, <laughs> is that sex trafficking? I don't know. I mean, no. What, okay, no. So what, what is the well, line? What Andrew said is that it was some some girl that was like completely. And you, you, you come, come in this mic. Is that <laughs> mic on? Hi guys, I'm going to speak for the females yeah. here. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> Female representative. Is let me, uh, let me start off by yeah. saying it's respectable what he has done and his business strategies, but his choice of words is not the best. And of course, for every celebrity, that's your typical PR stunt. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that he has pulled and some of the side note, I'm a makeup artist and I work closely with a lot of OnlyFans girls and models and et cetera. So and some of the things, welcome to Vegas. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to Vegas guys. Um, there's a, with only fans, there's a line between wanting, you know, it's your girl, you guys are doing it together. Or she's, you're helping her, supporting her. The difference is 
he started the agency where he signed girls up and there's contracts mm. and there's that's the difference once there's contracts there's so many other things that can what's the difference between that that and porn it's very there's it's, contracts there yeah, too yeah exactly and like i don't know this is also a side note like the whole mia khalifa thing she only did porn for three months. But she like, signed a contract, didn't she? Right, exactly. She but knew, like, she knew what she was trying to get Let's talk about this. Yes. What's going on here? Hurrah! Uh, Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> What's that? No, so her, the, the man that she wow. dated at the time was involved with that, and she had no money, no nothing, so she signed up for it. Just oh, so she's going. part of this Andrew Tate experience? Well, I'm, well she's hustler at university? Different or man, someone else. I guess. I, don't, I think that, like, <laughs> I don't think... It's a around. really weird I know industry. a lot of these, because a lot of the, the, a lot of the um, OnlyFans agencies use, use Hoobie, Hoobie, so I know a lot of the founders of them, but it's like, I think a red flag, I think word, a keyword, straight keyword. male running an OnlyFans agency is like a huge red flag right exactly. off the bat. Like, what the fuck? What are you doing there? Man, like I, I, I okay, I don't want to sound insensitive, but like, was she forced to do it? She could have went and worked no, at people McDonald's. Can have, people, people can have change of oh. a change of uh, like what what I think what happened here based like on a contract what Tate said to do that. Or no, like, no, what I'm saying like the Mia Khalifa thing, right? Like I don't know the whole hundred oh, yeah. percent of it, right? Like yes, she didn't have money. Yes, she was dating the guy. Yes, he was influential, but she still had a choice. She could have decided yeah. to go work at McDonald's, but working at mcdonald's is not prestigious right yeah. so it's like do you blame her do you blame him or it's just it is what it is it's i'm not saying like, um, it's kind of like when you go on social media and you see all these people like flexing their money and flexing all of this like oh they're going on planes and taking all these big trips the life looks great and all they're it's doing manipulation. is that yeah it's a manipula- manipulation they see that and they're like okay well i can do that and then they sign the contract thinking that's the life they're gonna get not knowing like what's with all the other things that are going to happen, like yeah. for her, you know, she got um, a free yacht and a friggin' an old man and yeah, famous. Called, what's it called? When and it, famous. I don't know. Avian's <laughs> like yeah. She hidden. hasn't even gotten yeah. like most of the money. Like she barely made any money off off of all the videos that she made. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, she's talked about the whole the one video where she had to wear the the hijab on it. How she was really fighting it because I was. You know, she comes from that culture and everything, and she knew that she would get death threats and all that stuff. And is that what still, you're saying? She listen, 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 listen. That, 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 that's a BS job? now because a she job? didn't look like no, she followed haram. the culture haram. before. Yeah, that's yeah. what Tate always says. She's like, as Bianca would call me, she's a fucking gringo. She's from D.C. She's fucking, she grew up like around Georgetown Prep. I think if I'm thinking the right girl. She grew up in like the D.C. era. She was like a lacrosse fan. She had plastic surgery She was a lacrosse fan, yeah. Right, she didn't get plastic surgery for the scenes she had it before mm-hmm. so that's not following the culture the religion right there that's true but i mean also doesn't have to be for the culture i know well what i'm saying so, is, so if, the thing that i'm realizing though is people can people can make decisions along the way and then especially in this this culture they can backdate five years and give a reason and it, there might be some substance to it like they can say i was manipulated into this because of this and there's actually substance and clarity to it and even at that point they were like they were vibing, living this young life, and they wanted to be on that yacht, and they didn't think that old man was that gross at, 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 at the point. They can go back in their head and say, you know what? I was fucking young, and I was manipulated, and this is what happened, and there's still, I think, some claim there. You know I, what I mean? Okay. I, exactly. I hear that, but there's some that. things you can't take back. Let's say you murder somebody five years ago, and I now know. you're a different person. You're like, oh, my I'm God, I'm so it. sorry. Yeah, right. Like, can you take that back? How is that different, though? Like, you made the decision. Like, you sometimes I, I believe we live in a country 
or in a culture where everybody wants a second chance and not everybody deserves a second chance. Some decisions you can't come back from. My personal opinion, I don't know Mia Khalifa, I don't know what she I don't know the situation. I'm just saying you there where's where's the guidance to let people know like hey some things you can't come back from i don't think it's that right i don't i don't think i I think there's obviously every every situation is completely different i think where the the, most of the cases carry some weight and some substance is if there's a power dynamic if there's money involved or it's a very wealthy individual or a political figure or whoever it is and the claim ends up being i didn't know at the time as this this young naive most of the time females I didn't know the power hold they had on me. I've now removed myself from the situation. I can see it clearer. And I think that there's probably a lot of bad. There, there's maybe 50 or 40% of those people that are full of shit. Where is that Yo, coming wasn't from? Wasn't she though? also jumping on Twitter, just like calling out random like celebs that were hitting her up in the DMs? Yes. Yeah, so she got pretty, pretty popular off just like calling out like Wiz Khalifa and all these other like famous athletes like LeBron James and people like that were trying to get at her and stuff. I'm not saying like LeBron James, but like LeBron James. <laughs> I'm not saying LeBron James, LeBron but LeBron James. James. I'm saying is that a is that a question of society because we, we So she used like her own clout to like th- there's a, to there's clap back at these guys and then almost like was like, hey, don't comment on it. And it's then, like if somebody tells you right now, hey, you, I'm working at McDonald's, what do you think of him versus somebody that's going and selling ass on OnlyFans? Like, do you look at them differently? Like how do you look at one okay? For, for so, you gotta fucking expand on that. Topic. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. What I'm saying, okay, right now, it's popular to open up your OnlyFans I'm and be a business McDonald's. owner and and be an entrepreneur and the hustle and bustle. You just sell your sex worker versus somebody that's saying, you know what, I'm gonna bust my ass at McDonald's for three years. I'm gonna save everything I can. I'm gonna invest this money that I make. I'm gonna live a very minimal lifestyle. Right? Like one of them is victimized i've learned to yeah i mean i've learned to not pass i mean i think the more you, you're out there like you, we live in vegas now it's like we we end up we go go out bianca's like oh my god i love that girl so much three days later we find out she's a fucking wildly wildly successful porn star like that's the, just the world we live in so we become more accepting of, of of some of this stuff um i don't pass judgment on this this stuff nearly as much if you go if you go to like my hometown back east or to arlen's hometown and Three girls just started creating an OnlyFans, and they became like big, big figures. Like people would definitely be be judging the fuck out of them. They'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing? What is your daughter doing?" They'd be getting looks, all that shit. Um, but here, they just had the like sex porn star convention. But right? One That's of them like is look like you're an yeah. entrepreneur, you're a business person, you're you're building a company, you're creating income, and the other one is looking like you're just working at McDonald's, right? You're like you're just an employee. You're the devil. Does, does, your does your McDonald's have like a link I'm just on saying, your, I'm just on saying McDonald's as an example. To, to like but follow? like, if you if you say out loud, "Hey, I'm gonna start A versus B, working at McDonald's and and, and your OnlyFans career," right? One of them, you, you almost get discarded, right? Even though it takes longer. I heard that you could be like, if you. I'll, at- I'll give you this example. We've been fortunate enough to go to like some of these really high-end restaurants mm-hmm. right and we're sitting next to lawyers and doctors and i'm in here with my hoodie <laughs> or a hat on and they're looking at us like what are you doing here right and you know conversation will start up i'm a barber like how are you here as a barber right you're almost looked down upon right but if i were to go to school and become a lawyer and get in debt and take me 
10, 20 years to pay back college and all this stuff. Now I'm a prestigious person in in society when my startup cost for a barber was completely different. So I'm saying like what's victimized, what's not versus taking the long run. So you're saying, what does it matter? You're sitting at the same table at the end of the day, you're eating the same steak. What does it matter if I did this to get there or if I did this to get there? I'm saying, yes, what does it matter? And then as society, do we look down upon, and I'm saying we because I'm part of society, I, I, as a person that's taking the long I route. think it's all case by case. I think there are lawyers that I look at. I'm like, I have so much respect for you. There are other lawyers that I look at that are doing like the fucking bus, like you bus ran over my toe shit or whatever, and that are just scumbags. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then the same thing. I, there, are, there are plenty of OnlyFans people out there where I see the hustle. I, I see the respect for like the business that they're trying to create, that they're not doing it in a, in a, in a gross, unclassy way. And, but like, they, I, I think it's all case by case. I think I don't I don't pass judgment on any specific um, industry. I think there's there's cool cool ways and right ways of doing things, and I think there's wrong ways of doing things. What if what if you were an OnlyFans creator, whatever top one percent, and you took all that money and you were feeding homeless with it? You literally didn't spend any money at it. It's would dope. You, I think there was. Would a- you be looked at the same in society? Well, Probably. Would you be known as the person that's solving homelessness? There was in some Las girl Vegas? that did that during the well, pandemic. You're, you're yeah. solving that, but you're also you're also creating porn addiction in young people. Okay, which, which one really outweighs, good. right? <laughs> which one's Arlo did that healthy? Like Arlo, I had a conversation with Arlo a couple months ago. Like Arlo looks down on people that look at porn. Kind of. Uh, I don't look down on people that look but, at porn. But you think, I think it's a problem. Yeah. I think that you're programming. We, t- we were talking about the Kardashians, yeah. and I was saying how. Uh, yes, the Kardashians have built some a pretty impressive empire, but they've it's the ideas that you're putting in a little boy's head about this is what a woman should look like. She has mm-hmm. to get fake boobs and a fake butt to be attractive, and that's what you're telling the little girls too. Like you have to you have to look like her in order to get attention from boys, and and take that compare that to porn. It's like I mean I, I, I I've talked about it. Like I had a porn addiction when I was a kid. Like that screwed me up a lot. Um, so. I think it's a major. I mean, look at like <laughs> Palestine. When and you say it's porn addiction, he was like every seventeen-year-old. They watch porn like fucking every so day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were normal. I was normal. No, exactly. I always thought it was weird. Yeah. Like I'd watch porn like by myself. I always thought it was weird when you go over to that house and someone was like, your buddy would be like, "Yo, I'm Yo, gonna turn on some. This I'm gonna turn on some porn for us." And you'd be like, "Nah, bro, we don't watch this together." <laughs> and he'd be like, "Just turn it on," and then, and then they'd just like go back to the conversation. Wait, you had wait, an interesting y'all life really did up, bro. that. Yeah, you people had to do that. I had a party. People do that. People listen, listen, listen. Kanye used to do that. I had a TikTok go viral about this. So uh, I was explaining how girls don't know this, but and this might get clipped again. But um, but when first of all, it was a completely different time when we were like 10, we were watching 12. like if DVDs you wanted to of watch Cancun. Porn, you needed to have yeah DVD or your friend's house with the un- irresponsible parents who they have had, like, a computer. And you can look go at on you judging the parents, the irresponsible parents who have the fucking irres- no password on the computer. <laughs> well, not the irresponsible parents, but the the parents that didn't care, the parents that hosted the sleepovers who didn't care if the kids drank or whatever or smoked in the basement. Like that's the kids' house you go to watch porn at. Because if your parents caught you watching porn, you know it'd, it'd be, be over. Yeah, it'd be over. So you go to your friend's house and like off. I mean, I played on a sports team, so all the boys would like. After you have sleepover and then you go watch porn yeah i totally remember that i remember yeah. even like so for example like my mom owned a video store like a rental a vhs rental store and if you'd go in we had a special section in the back for the adults only you know like through beads and had like the xxx 
And so they would bring them up and they were like in a brown box and you could tell the dads that like rented them. But at the end of the day, like I also was the kid that I had to sit there and rewind them all, you know? And <laughs> so you would rewind, you'd see some stuff. And then at the end, they also like would create like a catalog. So like a, um, like a, a Victoria's Secret catalog for porno. It was like a Playboy on steroids and they would send it to all the buyers and it would be like each couple of pages would be like a one page synopsis of that porno and then like a couple of like graphic scenes of 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 cuts of that porno uh-huh. and it would just be like a big it was like like 5000 pages and it was under my mom's bed and i remember she cuz she was like you know had to buy the inventory for the the mail section of her shop so i would always like sneak up to her room and knew like yo you guys want to see a porno and they'd be like yeah yeah put it on and i'd be like no and i'd reach under the bed and pull out like this magazine and they'd be like no no we've already seen we've already seen playboy and i'd be like no have you guys seen penthouse and they're like yeah we've seen penthouse i'm like this is penthouse this times 10 <laughs> times 10 and they're like no way and i would like flip through <laughs> and it was like and it was like all of the perversions too so like yeah. as like a 12 year old like you could might be stumbled into your dad's collection of what he was into but i'm talking like as a 12 year old stumbling into like the whole sex realm mm-hmm. of like you know, gay porn, uh, lesbian porn, like, you know, just all kinds of crazy, you know, and even that's like, why you're a pessimist, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro, I've seen some dark shit in my life. And that yeah. was like one of the, the lead ways into it. But I feel mm-hmm. like that definitely, uh, changed my whole outlook on females. Hey too. guys. Mm-hmm. What's up guy? RD. RD. You got, oh, you got excited? He heard, I, he I heard, heard porn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. here for it. Bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm excited. I like what my boy said, because it's very, it's very porn addiction. It's so real. Bro, yeah. and being introduced to the younger kids, it, it's creating a problem in men, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it, it's so fun. We see what we like. What people <laughs> fail to realize, right? What people fail to realize is what porn does to your head, right? It creates ideas, right? That that's how sex is. Mm-hmm. For the most part, ain't nobody lasting 30 minutes, bro. Unless it's Lalo. Lalo. Lalo said Lalo. That he, Lalo. he, he goes three for three hours, hours right? He, he said that. <laughs> but, and then you take away the connection that sex creates with, with, you know, with a couple, right? <laughs> you were about to stumble on that one. No, no, no. Yeah, no. It's a connection, bro. Like, uh, it's a connection because okay. last podcast, we asked Lalo, bro, why are you doing the whole semen retention, right? And he was a bro, you know, because like, if you want to uh, you know, please your partner and blah blah blah. It's it's there's more intimacy yeah. in sex, right? Than than what we think. So when we talk about porn addiction, bro, mm-hmm. it is a lot heavier and a lot more dangerous than what we think. And you, bro, coming over here and saying you, I had a porn addiction, bro. Mm-hmm. I respect you as a man. Caps off, Arlen. I, I mean, it's a, it is a what were you psychological, what are you into? War, it is a psychological warfare. You like me porn, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got in trouble. I said high school. Israel, Israel <laughs> went to the streets of Palestine and littered the streets with porn. Why? Because it distracts the men and makes the men weak. If the men are jerking off the whole time, they can't defend the battlefield. Oh, like okay. it's, it's uh porn makes men very weak. Lalo, what do you think? What are you saying? Jer- oh, sorry. God. Shit, I don't know. I'm living pretty strong, though. Lalo, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any urge to just look at some porno in the middle of the night, just like glance at some peaky, like a little peaky. It's always nice, but it's only for like 0.3 seconds that it's nice. And no, I, I agree with every one of you guys. I think it's a it's a crazy addiction. It's um, it takes time from you can be creating some art, you can be creating some beautiful stuff, and no. 
So how does that play? But, like to do do the the young lady hustlers that we're talking about before. Our best friend Masha fucking rakes on OnlyFans. Like, is there any obligation there? Like, are, are they are they festering the streets with fucking porn for to distract all the males and make them weak too? Or are they just out there hustling? Or is it a lack of opportunity? Like, where else would? she make that type of money. No, but now she yeah. can claim it for her own instead of having to give it to like Larry Hustler or Larry Flynn or some other person, you know? She like, owns the content. Yeah, so yeah. it's hers. And she like dictates who can see it and who and what her price is, which right. I, I think is like uh, admirable. At the end of the day, the responsibility is in the consumer. Yeah. 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 Right? Not in the person creating creating it. But that's like, well, if that was I the mean, case, it's Odysseus. Like, it's a story of Odysseus and the sirens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, please, please. Homer. I liked it. Well, Homer, yeah. Well, yeah. You know it, right? Like Homer's driving his boat in the sea and he sees the sirens who are like the beautiful the mermaid mermaids on the on the rock and all the sa- all the guys on a ship are like let's go talk to the mermaids Wait, this is odyssey the book yeah and Odysseus. they're singing a song that's so and they're like, singing this like song. harmonic to the men that are yeah. drawing them in that they actually crash on the rocks and die oh, yeah and then he fucks Did they crash mom? and die is that how it ends? I think they crash and then they get they crash and they on get the screwed. Had yeah. one job, bro. Lean forward. That's that's a that's why that story is still relevant because it's just happening in different forms. Yeah, the siren will never go away. So Johnny, right here, got one question. Johnny, mm-hmm. jumping in. Like so it. is OnlyFans popular because men are weak? Yeah. Well, OnlyFans only, only. That's a good question because are is he it saying the, it's it's on the consumer, yeah. right? So if we don't support it as men, so. Are we weak because we're subscribing to it? I think there's a lot of chicks buying OnlyFans too for dudes, but uh, I think we're weak. And I also think that I, I think yes, and I also think that I think that there were a couple industries that had their time in the fucking sun during the pandemic, and the timing was great for them. I think like obviously like the QR code, for instance, oh, people used to laugh revival. at QR codes three years yeah, ago. Hate that QR thing. codes in the pandemic are like freaking OnlyFans. Like OnlyFans popped. During the pandemic, because the girls had nothing to do at home, and the guys purchasing it had nothing to do at home. So, I guess to answer your question, it all depends on the price. So, if the price is, is, is and that's to each each individual, to, to, to based off a of judgment base, right? So, if like, I'm sorry, I, so I, like, so like, if you know, I don't think like, so like, if you went to like a bang bus or some one of those larger companies, right, and you pay for the monthly subscription, that's you get unlimited collateral, and it's consistently updated but if you subscribe to these only fans accounts they're based on what they determine their price be per month some of them are five dollars from 10 some 30 depending on what it and you could buy in a month so or funny two when three you months see people comparing the only fans to small businesses though it's like get off of browsers like yeah 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 i got i got i got the heat over here for yeah. cheap you know it's like sounds um, like a drug dealer in a sense so I, i'm trying to think like is it is it the men weak or like what is it i actually think it's the it going back to AI. It's the algorithms that are too strong. Like the take Instagram. Like you know, Jordan has Instagram deleted off his phone right now for focus. Why is it because Jordan's weak, or is it because the out al- like he knows the robots? Mm. Well, no, but the robots like you the algorithm knows what he wants, and it's it's not even like you don't yeah. even play that game. Yeah. Like you, if you want to focus, like you're gonna lose. You know. Part of it's that. It's, for not, me. That he, of it's, it's not that he's weak. It's just the algorithm's stronger. Yeah. So, I, go ahead. I wouldn't necessarily say that men are weak because, you know, like the whole like porn thing and stuff. And we also got to go back. You know, women weren't offered jobs or had the same opportunities, obviously. You know, nothing has been equal. 
So the very first job that women had was selling sex, selling their bodies. And that has always been a thing and will always be a thing, just in a different form. So before 2020, it was a strip club. Strip clubs were closed. So now that's why OnlyFans came about. So it just comes down to, I think it's the lust that a lot of men go after. There's there's so much more that goes more into it, like emotional trauma and things like that and not properly shown love and things like that to where it stems down to why they are addicted to this fantasy and to they watch all these videos because it, it satisfies something for them in their head that they know will never be reality to them. And it, it's that lust that drives them. And, you know. So you're saying throughout history, the one area where females held power over males, and I think it's true, mm-hmm. is is sex. Yeah, pussy power. Yeah, exactly. And so, I, like, they, when the print magazine died, Playboy should have got on the OnlyFans game way before, mm-hmm. and they still would have been just dominating the game. Yeah. But they didn't, so now there's they're a struggle. They're trying, like they're trying the centerfold thing, yeah. and it's not yeah. working. It's not like Blockbuster. Blockbuster, yeah. Right, just apart. to put it's it like out there. like my mom's video store, gone. Just to put it out there, Barbara is the second oldest profession <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Hear me out, because the first profession noted, uh, known to the world is prostitution. Yep. So were you the first of those two? So uh, Barbara, yes, sir. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara is the second oldest profession. Which one profession. did you do first? Barbara Next to prostitution. Yeah. What about cooks? Now, now I, here's the thing. I came though. like 20th. <laughs> I, I like what, um, what Alexis said, because at the end of the day, think about this. Younger kids, younger boys, I'm going to speak for, for men. They start watching porn early. They think that's how sex should look like. Then they meet this girl. They fell in love. But sex is boring, bro. Why is it boring? Where because is you idea? make it boring. Because what? You make it boring. Of course. Keep it Where fun. do you learn of course. how not to make it boring, though? You don't learn it from your uncle, bro, do you? <laughs> I would say through experience. But just having fun, buying toys, playing with each other. Um I don't know the whole thing with uh, intimacy. Going back to that, it's uh, you know you touch touch in different places and um, yeah. Cute. He's got the so, feather. I think we're gonna have so. to go home, guys. We'll be back in three hours. With that <laughs> self, How do you guys like having an audience in the podcast? It's cool. I it's thought dope. we were gonna be a little funnier, but I think we kind of missed the boat on explaining what Hubie was. Or was that the intent? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hubie's the preferred link in bio for the top creators and celebrities in the world. We've got people like Jeff Bezos, Tom Brady, uh, Jay Balvin using our platform. We're going to continue to build for the creators, uh, specifically in the top celebrities in the world. We are rolling out a membership offering for what we, we refer to as aspiring creators. We've we've grown to 14,000 users in the last year that reach well over $3 billion across social, but we also have 100,000 waitlist signups of people that have just been begging us to get on the platform. So we're going to start charging aspiring creators to join the platform. Um, the focus right now is on, on that. And then um, is that vacancy? Is it also like just to be like super uh, ignorant? Is it like a link tree or? Like yeah, it's like a link tree. It's link tree better. It's a call to action page. It's, it's built specifically for, for creators and celebrities. So we built more tools for, for that. I see Sosa using it so much and I'm like really intrigued by it, but I'm, I'm yeah. also on the wait list. So maybe. Oh, one come day on. I'll get, I'll come on. Come on. We got you. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it since the start, and I think one of the really unique things we figured out early on, and like we didn't we didn't just go, we we kind of 
founded it by, by, by accident. I actually built something very similar to Linktree four or five years ago, and we, we revisited it during the pandemic because a lot of our friends are some of the biggest creators in the world, and they didn't like the solution Linktree was providing, which is the stagnant links at that point. There was no like evergreen way to just link it and leave it, we would say, mm-hmm. from the start. So we built heavy with the integrations on different platforms. And then also we built a, because we have some of the biggest stars in the world using the platform, Jeff Bezos isn't going in there and ed- editing his whole page. It's the team behind the scenes that oftentimes but, are managing 100 or 200 I pages. I love that I just put my YouTube channel one time and I don't ever have to yeah, touch it again. Updates. Yeah, and, and, and so we built a really cool experience for the team behind the scenes because if you want if you want the biggest stars in the world, yeah, they have to, like Jeff had, had his wife was using it and then he, he reached out, his, his publicist reached out because he was like, Jeff really wants one too. But it's like, you need to vibe with the teams behind the scenes <laughs> if you want the biggest stars in the world for the CAAs and, and the Octagon Sports and the, the WMEs. Like that experience for them behind the scenes is be good. So we put a big emphasis on our community. It's a lot more to us than just building technology. We talk a lot about what does it mean to be a Hoobie member outside of, uh, of the core technology itself. And um, yeah, it's been fun. We've had a lot of- a lot On of that note too, one of the reasons I wanted to kind of do podcasts along with Jordan is because um, Jordan kind of noticed that part of what I do, like the social side of stuff is like analyze my own behavior and analyze people who are really good at networking and analyze their behavior and try to explain it to people who that's not a strength for them. And Jordan's like one of the most socially like proficient people I've ever seen. Like I, as far as networking goes and being able to get in in the same room and like influence people that he does, it's like it's so impressive. So so yeah, I, I think- appreciate that. But but it's to, to Darlin's point. Like Arlen will put me in front of all the kids he's mentoring, <laughs> and like I've never put thought into my strategy before. I'm a vibe guy. I'm like like how can I how can I make this person feel good? Like how can I figure out a way to provide value for this person? But Arlen will sit me down in front of like a fifty of his his guys that are like on the edge of their chair, like eager to learn. Like how did you do this? And I'm like I have no fucking idea. Like, <laughs> I, I, I got to sit down for a couple hours and figure out how I did it. Yeah. No, that's interesting. As soon as we started talking, it was like instantly just. Uh, connected on so many people that we were like we're connect, inter, yeah, yeah. interconnected See? with we won't drop names on the what i would say is when you meet someone the easiest way to build a fast connection is mutuals mutuals yeah, yeah. yep it was wild all right guys any final thoughts that was fun boys Honestly, we gotta have you back because uh this is just continuing on we can do a lot more of this yeah of course and that's the whole point it's not an interview type of podcast it's like let's just talk but congrats mm-hmm. on the the kid in the house appreciate you man congrats on uh, cape town i hope, oh, yeah. I hope it's you. uh gonna be just super cool and Convenient. Yeah. And I'm fucking jealous, man. He's seen more of the world than I've seen of the country. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I've never even been out of the United States. So you're, I'm super envious of you already. I'm blessed, I guess. We got our fact check guy about to say something. Fact check, fact check. <laughs> I got one question for you, man. Okay. Fact check I know you were man. talking about mentoring people, building a business, dating as well. Where's the line with wanting to be successful, but wanting that personal life? Like, you know, because you hear a lot of times, like, if you want to be a millionaire, you, you got to isolate yourself. You got to not, no relationships, no nothing, work, work, work. But then you also hear the, you need a strong woman behind you. Mm-hmm. So where, what's your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Because I know you, you, I know you said you had a partner, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what's. Yeah. And I mean, men, uh, I mean, reach their, like, I think most attractive attractiveness as they get to like in their thirties. And so for a guy who's like 21, 22, which is a lot of the age of the guys that are watching and listening to me, um, you know, they're like, okay, well, do I find, do do I date now or do I just like work until I'm a millionaire and then start dating? Um, My input is actually generally always like, because I've had some really terrible relationships. I think you have to date to learn those lessons. And um, 
I, I do think that with the stuff that I share, I hope that I can help guys shortcut that because I mean, if we think back to, you know, our grandparents' generation, like our parent, our grandparents maybe met at like 16, 17, got married at 19, 20, and they're together for 80 years and they're happy and more in love than ever. And I think that's beautiful. And so I think, you know, I, I, I mean, I think if we can move culture, like I would love to move culture more toward that um, if possible. Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, you, you have to kind of go on your own journeys, but, um, but yeah, as far as like, do you, do you, st- do you not date and be celibate until you're and semen retention for, for 15 years? No, no. Do you think like from that, 20 to 35, yeah. do you think that media affected the re the way that our grandparents were able to put with their relationship for X amount of years? And do you think that social media has affected relationships nowadays? Sure. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, there wasn't, they didn't have access. Exactly. It's access. Like a, a girl has. You were choosing from your town <laughs> yeah. 50 years ago. That was, that was the extent of it. Or like the, like town the prettiest you could get girl to. in your town. Yeah. Like, ha, like would get hit up by all the guys in the town, but now the prettiest girl in your town gets hit up by a million guys from all around the world. So that social media definitely screws it up a little bit. Yeah, and then that's pumping her ed. She's getting a big head. It's just like an unhealthy dynamic all over the place. And it's like there's endless options out there for everyone. The idea, I think, of loyalty and relationships has like completely. It's like what what is what is that line now? Like it, it's just wild. The it's an unlimited menu of options out there in the world, and so I think it all comes down to like how can how how much self control do you have? Mm-hmm. Just be content. Yeah, I'd say uh, it's a lot of high expectations and uh, a lot of fails mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> it was fun, boys. Yes, it was. It was. I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for stopping by. Peace, love, and happiness. We're yeah. out.